0: Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg.
1: And I'm Craig Walls. And welcome to Two Voice Devs.
0: Two Voice Devs. Mark is out this week taking a break for the summer. Um, so we asked Craig to be on the show this week. Welcome, Craig. Thank you. So why don't you, uh, you know, I, I think people who have hung around in um, the Alexa Slack have, have seen your name. Uh, certainly people in the community have, have seen you around a little bit. For those that haven't, why don't you, you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. So, yeah, if, if you hang around on the Alexa Slack, I think I'm known as Habuma there. And um, likewise, on the Tuesday, the um, the office hours, Alexa office hours, I am known as Habuma 1, just because for whatever reason, Habuma was taken. I think I actually <laughs> signed up at one point and then forgot the password and couldn't get it sorted out. So I just signed in again. Uh, but, yeah, that's me. and um, Yeah, I've been uh, developing some Alexa skills for the last few years, uh, kind of enjoying the process. I've been excited about voice app development before that was even an option. I mean, I I can remember early on, uh, just as a teenager, I had a Commodore 64, and I remember there was a Uh, game called, uh, gosh, Echelon was the name of the game, and I never owned it. Uh, and I'm kind of glad now in hindsight that I didn't, uh, (laughs) but I remember the advertisements for it and it had, it came with this headset called the lipstick and you could talk to it and it plugged into the joystick port and you could actually control your game by talking to it. And I thought, "Oh, that's so cool. And yet in hindsight, it I've I've learned since then from people who've had it, that it didn't work as well. It was really good good for doing nothing more than firing, you know, so that's about it. So I would have been disappointed. But I've always been interested in the idea of voice. It's always been something I've thought about and thought it would be, you know, be awesome just to be able to talk to your applications. And uh, I've had several different jobs over the years, one in particular, where we were doing sort of a natural language database query type tool. and that was a startup, and it didn't end up well uh, to say the say the least.. Um, but I, and it was not, we weren't talking to him. We were typing our answers in uh, or typing our questions in to get an answer from the database. And it, it worked really well. I was really uh, excited to be on the team. I mean, I, you know, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. It was a lot of fun along the way. And I remember the founder of the company, he was very excited about voice. And again, this is before voice was even really a big thing, but he was mm-hmm. excited about it, ultimately being able to talk to your database. And so I've always had some opportunity, some some interest somewhere to do this. And then when, um, a few years ago, I remember, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember uh, Amazon offered a um, hackathon or type of programming challenge type thing and basically develop any skill and deploy it and we'll send you a free Echo Dot. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want an Echo Dot or not, but I'll never turn down free hardware. And, you know, we'll see. And um, so I did that. It was a very stupid skill, uh, like a fortune teller type thing. And, um, but I got my free Echo Dot and what that. I mean, that was the most genius thing they ever did. Cause now I have Echoes everywhere in the house. Um, I, once you have one, it's hard to not get another one.
0: No, I, I know that feeling exactly. I, you know, I'm the same way with Google is, you know, I got one and then I got another one and now, you know, at one point they were just handing them out like candy. And yeah. now I just have tons of them all over the place.
1: Yeah. Now, now if you even say anything, that sounds like Alexa, like several devices chime in or, you know, turn on. And so, but it, and I got interested. I thought, I mean, it was so much fun developing, even though it was a stupid skill. It was so much fun developing it. I had so much fun doing it that it stuck with me. And mm. I've since tinkered around, I've entered a few of the hackathons and I even sort of got a runner up in one of them. Didn't win, but did okay. And um, so, yeah been doing that and wrote a book about it and um so, so a really cool skill that i'm working on so.
0: whole pile of questions in here okay. um let's let's actually start from the beginning how did you know so so you touched a little bit about how you got into alexa development you touched a little bit about how you got into computers in general why don't you talk a little bit about how you became a developer what's your your origin story
1: right so yeah my dad brought home a vic-20 and ah, okay, that about six okay. months,
0: <laughs> I, I need to I need to stop you right there right now. Because we've talked about the Commodore VIC 20. We've talked about the Commodore 64, my start in compute my my, my first computer was a Commodore PET.
1: Oh, well, wow. I, I know what that is.
0: And, and I have mine behind me. I mean, the, the one that I had as a kid is currently sitting on a, wow. a desk behind me right now. So it still works. Well, the last time I turned it on about a year ago, it still worked. Yeah. Oh, cool. You know, for various, you know, levels of work. Um, but it's, you know, it's mostly there as, as a reminder of this is where I started. Right. Um, so, yeah, I understand that feeling completely of of getting this tool as a kid and just being so excited about it.
1: Exactly. And I am not good at much of anything, but that I that I was good at. <laughs> and so uh he brought home the Vic 20 and that lasted a little while before we realized, you know, 22 23 columns wasn't going to cut it. So he brought home a Commodore 64 and that was gave us 40 columns. It was like, you know, amazing, you know. And but I, I did a lot of uh, you know, Commodore basic coding for a long time. And I just knew that's something I was going to do. That's something I was interested in, as being a developer. Went to uh, college for, um, you know, got a computer science degree and I ended up along the way, you know, getting past my basic programming days. And I did some C, some C, and other so, weird languages that nobody except people in college hear about. But, well, uh,
0: okay. So oh, I was going to get there. What, first of all, what college did you go to?
1: New Mexico State University, Aggies. Okay.
0: Fantastic. Low, Aggies.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. So and, did that.
0: And, and, and what, you know, you, you talk about esoteric programming languages, like what? Uh,
1: well, this one's not that esoteric. It's a little bit, but Modula 2, which is a uh, kind of an offshoot of Pascal. A um, couple of other weird ones that I can't even remember the names of now, but they were they were weird. Um, but pa- Modula 2 is probably the one that I spent most time with because that's just how they taught computer science at NMSU.
0: That That was a very trendy language around that time. Yeah. You, yeah. I'm, you seem about as old as I do. That was, I know that was a popular language when I was going through school as well.
1: I did a little Fortran. Not didn't enjoy it, but I, I did some. <laughs> I've forgotten more Fortran than I ever knew. Mm. And, um, but yeah, then I ended up going to the, into the workforce as a developer and had lots of fun doing that. And early on, uh, I, had, I had only been a professional developer for about a year or so when Java came around. And I've been a Java developer ever since. And even though I don't develop my Alexa stuff in Java, I that is my day job now. Is I'm writing Java code, and I love Java just as much as I love developing for Alexa. So um, I, I,
0: I'm with you on that one. That is my day job as well. Most of the time is writing writing Java and modifying Java code that I've been maintaining now for over a decade in some cases.
1: Right. And so, so,
0: so you wrote a book at one point about Java, didn't you?
1: I've written a few, uh, but the one that's most, I guess, most known or most I'm most known for is uh, Spring in Action. So it's a book around the spring uh, framework and more recently, this you know spring boot portion of the framework, uh, that little layer on top of it. And so it's in its sixth edition now, um, just came, I guess, we uh, think I had my hands on it on February 1st. And I think on Amazon, it was on March 1st. So it has, it's not that old yet, okay. relatively new.
0: Very impressed. I'm, I'm impressed with authors who have books that actually go through multiple editions, especially yeah, since mine didn't. Um, Cause you're
1: fascinated with people with a sickness. That's why.
0: Well, you know, I, I went, you know, I wrote a book as well. So I definitely understand this whole, what are we thinking? Um, yeah. mentality. So you've mostly been doing Java programming. It sounds like. Right. Um, how do you, you know, I guess, uh, you mentioned one startup that you were part of kind of what what's been your uh, corporate experience, mostly with startups, mostly with established companies, good mix.
1: Mostly with established companies and all over the board on what the uh, domains are. So telecom is where I started. I did a few, two other different telecoms, a couple of retail places. Uh, but now I'm working for, I'm not sure I'm supposed to say their name, Sure, they don't care, but um, but I work for a company that makes soft, makes platforms for people to deploy things on. So I'm doing a lot of Kubernetes stuff in addition to Java right now. Okay, and that's kind of my my day job is dealing with Kubernetes and Java.
0: If your if your day job is Java and Kubernetes, uh, what's your 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 other project, your personal projects?
1: Uh, You see, uh, that's that's the thing. I I started getting into, like I said, after that hackathon or that that coding contest that Amazon had, I got really interested in developing uh, voice apps for Alexa and, you know, more generically voice apps, you know, for wherever voice apps can be done, including Google Assistant, may it rest in peace. And uh, we won't go there, though, uh, (sighs) among other things. And, um, but Alexa, I had to pick somewhere to focus my attention to spend, you know, most of my focus to get started. And so Alexa sort of won. And, um, so I've developed several different skills, but one of the things that hit me a few years ago is I I kept seeing it. Um, in fact, I have a t-shirt and a jacket, a hoodie that have this on it. And it says Alexa everywhere. And it occurred to me that that's not true because, Alexa's on my desk. It's on a shelf somewhere. It's, you know, it's not, I know I don't walk out the door and carry my echo show with me or anything. It's not going to happen that way. So it's not, you know, how can it be Alexa everywhere if Alexa not really everywhere. And then I started at almost that same time. Well, that I, I, I,
0: I feel this. I feel like that's more aspirational on their part. I mean, you know, they had the, yeah. the echo earbuds for a while, and I'm not sure how well those worked
1: and no, yeah, they're really good. I have some. Okay. <laughs> I love and, them. You
0: know, they keep trying to push into the car and everywhere else, but it's it's still it's it still seems like it's still more aspirational. But it sounds like it inspired something in
1: you. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I, the Echo Buds are still a thing. Uh, the Echo Loop was the one that that's right, really the got me thing yeah. about it. And that that sort of went away. Unfortunately, I have an Echo Loop. I like it. I think it's great. It feels a little awkward. It feels it's a like a ring for those who don't know what it is. And it, you basically, you don't just say Alexa till you have to like hit a button to talk to it. And then it you hold it up to your ear and it, you can hear whatever she says. Uh, I like the idea of it. It felt a little bulky, but other than that, it's fine. Um, but that that's what really set me off is like, you know, okay, I don't have to be at home now to talk to Alexa. And so I was looking for a project to create something that could be used at home, sure, but highlighted what it would be like to talk to Alexa if you're not at home, if you're just on the go, if you're using, you know, something like Echo Buds or Echo Loop or Echo Frames or something like that. And then of course now um, TalkGo, the company TalkGo has this thing called TalkSocket that's supposed to come out any moment now, they keep saying. (laughs) And I'm going to be able to talk to my, talk to my phone without even, you know, opening it. So that, you know, I'm looking forward to that. So I I started looking for something to do this and i already have a interest a side interest and in, has nothing to do with development it's just interesting is i'm a big disney parks fan mm-hmm. and i uh, love going to disney world and disneyland and so i thought to myself well what if i could talk to alexa and get some useful information while i'm in the parks and, and that led
0: and and i should say at this point this is part of why you and i connected is because i am also a disney fan and we we chatted a little bit about um about your skill. Uh, and I, I reminisced about the days when I had uh, some of the earliest days when I would wear Google Glass to the park and use it in, in some similar way, you know, had had these same aspirational ideas of just being able to ask questions on the go.
1: Right. So, and so I, I set out to create this skill and I thought, well, what can I do? What are some of the basic things I can do? And so I, I started looking around to see, you know, how could I answer a simple questions? Like what time does the park open and where can I get that information from? And so I, I started thinking, okay, well, I could certainly scrape a website or something, or I could manually maintain an API that keeps up, keeps itself up to date with park hours. That seems like a lot of work. And I thought, well, what about, you know, kind of along with that, what about wait times? I mean, cause that's an important thing. That's something I would really like to know is what is the wait time for mm-hmm. haunted mansion or, Cosmic Rewind or whatever it is I want, to, I want to ride before I walk across the park. And of course, you can pull out your phone and you can look on the Disney apps and find that information out pretty easily. But the difference is uh, to pull out your phone, you have to pull out your phone, you have to unlock it, you have to navigate to the uh, Disney app. And then by the time you get to the Disney app, they keep changing it too. I keep, I swear it used to be easier, but it's even right. harder and, to find stuff now.
0: And in some cases you need to do things thing, you know, and navigate to the app, maybe even navigate to the specific park that you're in and, you know, maybe zoom in on exactly what you're interested in or find the right button to find the list of attractions and then filter on attractions. So it's, right. so, it's, it's a lot. It really is.
1: I mean, it'd be so much easier if I could just say, Alexa, you know, What's the wait for Pirates of the Caribbean? You know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be so much easier than navigating, opening my phone, and navigating to the app, and then inside the app, navigating to the wait times. And so I thought, well, I would love to be able to answer that question. But how can I do that? Because I don't I was, know the
0: wait. I was going to say, I'm. I'm. I suspect Disney does not publish an API for this.
1: Yes and no. They sort of do. <laughs> um, they don't. They don't tell people about it. And I, I've actually. I've actually tinkered with it. I figured out how to how to get to it. It's it's a real pain. I don't even recommend it. If it, if this is what I had to deal with, I probably would have given up on the project a long time ago. But there is a project out there called Theme Park APIs. And ah. I, I can share a URL later. Maybe you can put it in show we'll, notes or we'll something. Put
0: it in the show notes, sure.
1: Um, I didn't create it, somebody else. And But it covers basically all sorts of information like park hours and wait times for not just Disney parks, but like, you know, Hershey Park and Six Flags and Universal and all sorts of other, I mean, there's, I can't remember how many parks they cover, but tons of them. And so like, as soon as I figured out the, there's this API that exists and it's updated, I I thought to myself, well, maybe this is what I can use. And I asked before I decided to uh, go off and build something with this, I, I sent an email and said, okay, are, this is what I'm planning to do with your API. Is that okay? And they said, absolutely. That's what we expect people to do is those kinds of things. I'm like, okay, here I go then. And so yeah about um it's about a year and a half ago i guess i uh, over it was over the christmas break i had some time and so i built and i mean i had nothing better to do normally we would go to disneyland over christmas but
0: <laughs> but they were you know, closed apart the
1: they were closed yeah. because there was some epidemic
0: or
1: something i don't know so we um had nothing better to do so i i set out and i created over a course of a week created a very simple alexa skill that would answer questions like, you know, what's the wait time for a certain attraction or what what are the park hours? You know, what time does Epcot open tomorrow? Things like that, which at the time wasn't very helpful because again, the parks weren't open, but at least the idea was there. And uh, it also at at that time had one other feature that had nothing to do with the API. It's simply, you could tell it um, when your next trip will be. And then later on, you can come back and ask, when is our next trip? And it'll come back and tell you the date and how many days it is until then. And those are the basic things. Mm -hmm. And I published it in about, I did that over the Christmas break. I published it in either March or April of that, then the next year and kind of sat on it for a while because I had a book to write. And
0: we'll get to uh, the book in a minute. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: I actually had two books to write because I was actually writing two books concurrently, which I do not recommend. Nobody should ever, ever, ever do that. Uh, But I was writing two books concurrently for two different publishers. And so both of them were breathing down my neck. So I thought I probably shouldn't work on the skill for a while, maybe. And so I set it aside and uh, at the beginning of this year, as I was wrapping up work on both of the books, I decided to dust off the Alexa skill and work on it some more. And so I've done a lot more stuff with it. Um, like it'll tell you now. You can ask it questions like where where can I get a bottled water? Where can I get a churro? Where's a restroom? And mm-hmm. if you're actually in the parks, it uses your location. And so, so it'll okay. guide you to the nearest one. And it works for the most part. I had a few gutches with it. Like it's using sort of uh, as the bird flies. So if you're standing, if anybody's familiar with how the Magic Kingdom's laid out, if you're standing by Buzz Lightyear in the Magic Kingdom by the Buzz Lightyear ride and you ask where you can get a bottled water, it's going to direct you to something in Town Square, which as the crow flies is certainly the closest place. But,
0: but it, it goes right through backstage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have to go places you're not supposed to go.
0: So very cool. So, uh, as a developer, what were some of the challenges in in doing, well, first let me ask what language, what uh, what programming language did you write this in and, and what kind of what the framework is that you, you're doing with this?
1: Yeah, I'm using Node. Um, okay. Mostly, mostly because uh, Java, Java in Alexa, while it's possible, it's just, it's not a very pleasant experience. And um, Python, um, certainly a good option, but, I don't know Python as well. I could do, I can, I could get further with node. And so I'm using node and that's been fun because also that was one of the other benefits of getting started with Alexa is I knew JavaScript before I started working on Alexa, but I've learned it much more since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause it's, it's basically given me a very focused place to spend a lot more time in it, whereas opposed to here and there, like I had been doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. that That's a common experience. Yeah. Um, So you're, and you're using the Alexa skills kit or do you have a different library? Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm using Alexa skills kit. Um, I mean, I've looked at other things like Jovo and, um, things like that, but I just haven't never have gotten quite excited about those as much as just working with the ASK. So I'm cheating a little bit. I, in that I don't, I have a, and I, I should put air quotes around this. I have a database, but it's not really a database. It's just a bunch of JSON files that I load up and, scan through because for the small amount of data i have it's just easier to work with yeah uh, I've, I've on a couple of occasions i keep thinking to myself maybe i'll go shove these off into a some sort of database maybe airtable or something like that but i, I every time i set off to do that i think to myself what am i really going to get out of this that i'm not getting out of just a flat json file
0: i, I think that's actually a, a a great and important question because i know one of the things mark and i talk about a lot are the notion of content management systems and CMS's are great when you've got a lot of content that is either constantly changing or you need to, to delegate to a non-programmer to work with. But in your case, you've got a relatively fixed list of data. You know, they don't move bathrooms around all that often. They do, but not all that often. Um, You know, attractions don't change all that often. And when they do, you know about it ahead of time. Um, So you know, there's a case where there isn't much of a benefit to to move it to a CMS, and you've got a big benefit. You've got speed for keeping it in in data tables that you know you compile right into the system. Especially if you keep it relatively easy to update the system.
1: Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Is every so often I think you know, sure, sure would be nice if I could just go open up like Airtable and edit something in a grid like, or you know, a, a spreadsheet format like Airtable does. But then I think to myself, that's the only benefit I'm getting, and it's not that hard for me to open up a JSON file and search for what I'm looking for and change it either. So it's not like I'm getting a great benefit if I did that.
0: What's What's the name of the skill for people to go find it?
1: Mouse Guests. So Mouse as in Mickey Mouse, and Guests as though you're a guest of the park. So Mouse Guests. Okay. And currently what's out there is still that very initial version, the version that answers questions about park hours and, um, wait times and can tell you when your next trip is things like that. The that's the initial version. I've not really publicized it much. Cause I was going to kind of wait until I, um, got, got a more full featured version of it out there. And that was supposed to happen a while back, but then things got in the way, but I'm getting close, getting very close. Uh, part of, part of the problem is, is that I keep thinking of new cool things to add to it. I'm going to have to stop. I, I got a serious scope treat problem. and um, That's
0: always a problem with developing, isn't it? Is, you know, you, you start saying, well, you know, this is okay. But if I just add this one more feature, it'll be great. And right. you keep saying that.
1: <laughs> well, the other side of it is I finally did put a, a kind of a stick in the ground and say, okay, this, this is it. We're stopping here. We're not doing any more new stuff. And I've stuck with that for several weeks now. It's just that now as I'm going through and testing it and doing some cleanup, I'm finding little small things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, until last night, I fixed it last night, in fact. Until last night, if you were to ask it what the wait time is for Space Mountain, it would offer you the wait times for every attraction whose name had mountain in it. And it's just and- because I was doing something kind of dumb, but I figured out what that dumb thing wasn't fixed it.
0: And there are quite a few mountains at, at the Disney attractions.
1: Sure. Splash, Space big thunder, all these things happened. And so I know why I was doing it. In fact, it was a side effect of me being clever somewhere else. And I realized that that cleverness wasn't necessary. And so I took that cleverness out and suddenly it's just giving me Space Mountain now. And so it's just little things like that. That was actually one of the biggest challenges I've faced is dealing with that nonsense. And it was actually in the end, it was me. I was fighting against, not the code. So,
0: How much do you feel like you're fighting against you know, the the natural language understanding system, the, the phrases that you need to enter in as part of the um, building building for Alexa?
1: Not much. Occasionally I run into little gotchas, but not it's not bad. It's, it's pretty, so far has pretty much caught on to what I was asking for. In fact, it c- catches on in places I'm not anticipating it catching on. Like I would not expect it to understand what I'm asking and yet it does. And so every once in a while I'm surprised. And how well that sure. works. I mean, there are some things like um, if you're asking for the wait time or height requirements for, well, the wait time is actually more relevant in this case, for uh, the Pixar pal around the big Ferris well that's in, in Disney California Adventure, um, I want to be sure that I'm accounting for people who have been to the parks longer than just this last couple of years, such as myself and such as you, who know them as other names. And so if somebody were to ask, uh, what's the wait time for Mickey's Fun Wheel? Uh, it will still answer for Pixar Pal around. and I do this because first off, I, I still call it Mickey's Fun Wheel from right, time to that, time. Yeah, it's just what it's been called, and and even in that particular attraction, if you're not standing on the entrance side of the wheel, if you're on the other side of the lagoon, it still looks like Mickey's Fun Wheel. So it has Mickey Mouse's face on it. So why would you think it would be anything different? It's so I'm using you know uh, synonyms. Uh, for those to, uh, to have it help it work that out. And other things like, um, you know, I do the same thing for certain snacks or certain locations that if, you know, it's, you know, it's known as some other name, like, oh, you can find out if you have a lightning lane, if lightning lane is available for an attraction, but lightning lanes a relatively new term as in, as in 2022 term. It used to be known as FastPass, and I still call it FastPass. I still call it that. Most and people still so, call
0: it FastPass, yes.
1: As they should, because that was a <laughs> marketing move to change it from something that was well-known to something that's not even as easy to say. And um, so now I, I can ask, you know, can I get a FastPass for such and such? And if you can, it'll tell you what time it's, you know, what the return time is available. If you were to go get one, I can't get it for you. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And But it, it'll tell you when it's available. If you ask for a fast pass, it'll still look up lightning lane availability.
0: Very cool. Um, so anything else, any any other interesting challenges you faced while while working on the skill or anything else you want to talk about the skill before we, we move on to your book? Uh,
1: not much. I mean, just stupid little things there for a while, a few weeks ago. Um, I like to use ask run locally so I can make changes to my node code without having to keep pushing it out there. And so I can test it locally. I love doing that. That's the coolest thing ever. Once I once I discovered that was actually an option, I've, I've used it all the time. But so for some reason, a few weeks ago, it just quit working for no good reason. And uh, in fact, it was not just a few weeks ago. I remember when it happened. It happened right before the last time I went to Disney World. So like early June is when it happened. And um, it wasn't working. And apparently other people were experiencing the same thing. And so I went on my trip and while I was gone, I started, I saw messages on Slack about, oh yeah, I hear, I think we fixed that. Can you try it again? I'm like, we well, really can't right now, but I'll try it when I get home. for Sure. And, uh, but yeah, that was just dumb stuff like that. Just little gotchas. I've had a few places where, you know, just small things like the biggest challenge I'm dealing with right now is it's called mouse guests, but sometimes it hears other invocation names. It hears mouse gas. Like maybe I'm looking up gas for a small rodent's vehicle or something. I don't I've, know what I've, that's.
0: You're at least dealing with better terms than I've had uh, been when I've tried to create invocation phrases. Let me, let me ask you this. Is there anything, I mean, we, we just got past Alexa live. Is there any of the announcements from Alexa live that you're looking forward to incorporating into uh, into mouse guest?
1: Well, Alexa live 2022 had a lot of really cool things announced but it's actually Alexa Live 2021 that I'm super excited to actually see something come out of because they talked about the idea for, I guess, for Echo Show 15s as well as I think maybe the Echo Show 10 does that as well. The idea of creating custom widgets. Mm-hmm. And I want that because that makes perfect sense if somebody is telling my skill, hey, our next trip to Disneyland is in September, you know, what, a September 26th or whatever it is, then... um just having a widget that has the countdown on the screen for you. So you don't even have to ask. I want to do that. And yet that's still by invitation only. You still have to apply for it and de- developer f- preview. And I've not been accepted, so I can't do it. And so I'm more anxious about that than anything I saw this year. Um, Very cool. This year, But this year, some of the cool, I mean, I, I've not got a chance to really try them out much, but some of the stuff with uh, with skill quality, uh, is interesting to me. I'm looking forward to trying it out more. I've tinkered with it a little bit, and it's told me I need a fallback intent. Okay, sure, I'll put a fallback intent, which actually broke some stuff, by the <laughs> way, because <laughs> now things that were working just fine are going to the fallback intent. But um, just you know, That's small things like that. yeah, it was single. Basically, if I ask it, okay, you know, what is the wait time for Big Thunder Mountain? It'll it, that works fine all the time. If I say, what is the wait time for dinosaur in Disney's animal kingdom. That'll work fine too. That that's fine. If I ask it, what's the wait time for dinosaur it without specifying the park, it just falls back to the fallback intent. Now I got past that. I managed to get that to work by changing the fallback intent sensitivity a little bit, throwing um, actually throw the, throw uh, a synonym dino space SAR. And that fixed it. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I just started tinkering with what the synonyms could be, and that made it go away. And there's only two attractions. In all of the six U.S. Disney parks, there's only two attractions that have a single word name, and it's Dinosaur, and I can't remember what the other one was now. Uh, But those were the two that were giving me trouble. But I can't remember the other one now. Now you're going to have to figure it out, aren't you?
0: No, I'm trying to figure it out. I mean, is Fantasmic considered an attraction?
1: No, that's considered a show, which I don't do anything with shows yet. That's one of those things I have to stop myself from adding stuff about shows because now that a- that same API I mentioned has information about show times. And I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I got to add this. And like, no, I can't. I really should stop.
0: <laughs> okay. So the other thing you're, um, you're known for is you've published a book about uh, developing for Alexa. Why don't you tell us a little yes. bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, it's called Build Talking Apps for Alexa. And it's an interesting take on, you know, I've written these books on spring before, and I, I get to the point where as I write these books on spring and I hope everybody enjoys them, I really do. And everybody should go buy plenty of them, you know, buy them your family <laughs> and they make great gifts and the holidays are coming up soon. Um, but the thing about writing those books is that as a, somebody who's been developing with spring for a while. And in fact, I'm a member of the spring engineering team, technically speaking. And so I, I, I'm sort of no spring. And after a while, it got to the point where I know the topic so well that I don't feel that I'm able to explain it well enough to somebody who's new because I have certain expectations of what okay. you should know before you come in. Not not consciously so, but you know, subconsciously, I'm thinking, well, this is a good enough explanation when maybe it's not because I just sort of know things already. Um, when I approached writing the book about Alexa, I approached it very differently. I approached it as somebody who had barely done anything with it. I was relatively new to working with Alexa and in fact when I first started on it it was still ASK V1. And if anybody remembers that that was that was a different time. Very you know <laughs> developing Alexa skills for ASK V1 was quite different. And so I basically as soon as ASK V2 came out I had to switch gears but the good news about that was I was just as new to it as everybody else. And so I wrote for myself. I wrote it as somebody who didn't have a clue what was going on mm-hmm. and was trying to figure it out. And I, so I think I covered it better that way.
0: I know that feeling well. I know that when, um, when I wrote uh, the book on Google Glass, a lot, you know, a lot of it was trying to explain things, having just figured out the solution to a bunch of problems or, you know, myself. So a lot of it, was, it wasn't just, here's my year's worth of knowledge that I am handing down. It was, you know, very much, ooh, ooh, look what I figured out and look how we can do it. There, there is a different level of excitement to, to exactly. write books like that.
1: Exactly. In fact, even now, um, I've always done this, but even now, as I learn new things or I learn different twists on new things, I have a big Evernote notebook full of recipes and I write them as if I'm writing a book on a recipe book. And I say, okay, here's what I want to solve. Here's what you're going to need to do that. And here's the step-by-step to make that happen. So I have all these things. I have a ton of stuff that's never been published just because it didn't make it into the book or whatever, but I'm always, as I'm learning new things, writing these recipes and the good news, good thing about that is I'm writing it because I'm writing this, not for anybody else to read. And if it ever gets published, then great. Somebody else will read it. I'm writing all these notes for myself. I'm writing them in Evernote for myself because I am going to forget this. I don't remember these things. Uh And I'm the one who's going to go back and read it even if nobody else ever does. I'm going to go back and read it. And even having published, you know, six or seven books on, on spring now, it's funny that I get, I keep going back and looking at my own book to remind myself how to do things. And sometimes it's even funnier because I'll open the book, I'll read it, I'm like I don't remember writing that. I really oh, don't.
0: I no, I know that feeling very very well. Um there's lots of times, I, I, I participate a lot in Stack Overflow, and I will write answers, lots of answers in Stack Overflow. Um, and I also use Stack Overflow to answer my own questions in you know, my my regular job in, in working with um, with voice assistants. And every so often, I'll do a search, and I'll see a question, and it's exactly what I want, and I'll read the answer. I'm like, that is a spot-on answer that helps me perfectly. Who in the world sent this? I want to you know, upvoted and it was me.
1: Well, then you should upvote it.
0: Uh, well, uh, the problem, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's amazing the number of times that I've come back to my own answers on Stack Overflow. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, somebody, and, and it was great because it also meant that somebody asked the question well enough that I could find it. So it's, it's those sorts of things, those sorts of developer experiences that are, are really good. You know, I I feel like a lot of um, a lot of developers who have not done a lot of developing think that it's it's sort of cheating to write down these notes, use libraries, use these sorts of things. And the answer is no. You know, as more senior developers, we use them because we forget. We want to make it easy on ourselves, and these are the the tools that we've created over the years to help us do that. And that also help other people. It's, you know, it's, it's a win-win scenario.
1: My head can only hold so much. Yeah. And it, I, I have trouble remembering some things I did yesterday. So imagine something I did six months ago and I'm trying to remember now how I did that. There's just no way. So unless I, unless I do it all the time, every day, multiple times a day, I'm not going to remember it.
0: No. You know, even, even if it's, and even then, if it's something that, you know, you've done, you spend a week or a month coding, you come back to it a month or six months or a year later, and you're like, I don't know, you know, yeah. I'm sure I understood this algorithm when I wrote it, but I don't now.
1: Right, exactly. So yeah, I, the the book came out uh, around the same time as the spring book. So around March of this year, give or take April, something like that. A little bit, it came out a little bit later than the spring book. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to come out last year. And the big problem was, is uh, Alexa Live 2020. That was, that was my, uh, it was the, it was the best Alexa Live, in my opinion. It was the worst Alexa Live. <laughs> and that was because they announced, th- I think it was 33 new things. And of those 33 new things, 11 of them were, I got to have this in the book. The book was essentially finished at that point. And I'm like, no, I got to start over. So I went back to my editor. I explained what happened. And she's really good about it. I've worked with her before on on you know, She was actually my editor on one of the spring books for a different publisher several years before. And she's a great person. And she says, you know, I, you're right. You, you, you can't not, not include this. So take your time, go figure that out. And so I got most of it worked in except for Conversations. Alexa Conversations was the one that killed me. And the problem was is that uh, Alexa Conversations, as you may know, it comes in two forms even today. There, you can either do it completely in the Dev Console or you can do it using the Alexa Conversations definition language or ACDL. But at the time, ACDL wasn't a thing. And so you could only do it in the Developer Console. And here I am writing about how to develop an Alexa skill using a bunch of forms on a web page. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? I can talk about, you know, how to write code in an editor. I can talk to you about command line stuff. I can, you know, JSON, things like that. But once you get into the, you know, the forms, especially when everything with conversations had to be done with a form on, on a web page, I had screenshots, I had like 70 screenshots uh, of you know what I was doing. And so it was a very screenshot-heavy chapter. It was longer than I liked it. I felt like I didn't do a good job. I wrote that chapter at least five times uh, before I finally said, "Okay, fine. This is it. This is. I, it's not. It's not. It's not very good. But I, I can't make it any better. Uh, this is what it's going to have to be." And so I passed it on to my editor and said, "Tell me what you think." I went to bed, and I kid you not, the next day they announced the ACDL. <laughs> I am not joking. The very next day, ACDL, and so I, I emailed my editor again and said, "Hold on a minute on that. Let me get back to you." And so I ended up rewriting it in ACDL, and that was so, so much better. But that was it. Just it just killed me on time. It just took longer to get the book out because of that. But I'm happy with ACDL. I love it. I think it's way better than the whole. I'm, a, I'm more of a command line editor kind of guy than I am filling out stuff on a website. Yeah. So, uh, I love ACDL in that regard. I think my only complaint with ACDL is currently you cannot use it with Alexa hosted skills. You can only use it with Lambda hosted, and I I like Alexa hosted, and I want to use ACDL with that, but unfortunately, right now you can't.
0: No, I know so. we are uh, we're trying to get uh, some some good speakers coming up on to talk about ACDL and and Alexa conversations. So because it's a it's a subject. I feel like I I want to wrap my head around more, and every time I start looking into it or learning more about it, I'm you know I'm giving it this look like well, it's not that it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't seem like it is quite living up to the hype that Alexa is billing it as. It's not you know it seems okay, but not the magic bullet that they're talking about.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a better form of dialogues is the best I can describe. And if you're not solving a problem that involves dialogues, then Alexa conversations, is not going to help you either? Um, but it's, um, even then I'd say it's better form of dialogues and that it's smarter overall, but then occasionally it gets stupid and that's <laughs> even does dumb things. For example, my favorite one is I use a, um, my example in the book is booking a trip to a, you know, a round trip to different, planets in the solar system. Mm -hmm. And so I, you have to specify where you're going, what your destination is. You have to specify your, the date you leave and the date you return. And because I have two slots now that are of type date, it may ask me, the conversation may ask me, what is your start date? And so I give it a date and sometimes that'll work. And sometimes it'll fill in both slots with that date. And sometimes it'll fill the other slot in with the date. And uh, even if it's asking for a start date, it may fill in the, the end date
0: uh-huh.
1: and it's just so dumb. <laughs> and I hear there's, I hear there's improvements, uh, coming out of Alexa live this year. I hear there's improvements that are going to help with that. Some of the, how you can order, you can specify the order of how the slots are, are, are um, elicited. So I'm hoping that'll help me with my problem. Um, uh, but right now it's just kind of dumb. Um, and it's kind of annoying. But if you don't if you don't have uh, if you have slots that you're trying to fill that are all different types, yeah, no no problem. Except for the fact that it may ask you in a weird order, but yeah, no problem.
0: So um, so so anything else you want to you want to share about the book? Any any other things that, that you particularly enjoyed about either writing it or that you're excited about people to read?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I just I think it's a great book for anyone who's new to Alexa development, or and you know is trying to figure out how to get started in this stuff um so i hope that anybody who's new or newish will enjoy it uh there are a few chapters in there that maybe cover some stuff that maybe not everybody's tried so it'll still be good for even the the season like the lect- like, like what
0: pro- give an example
1: well conversations for example is one of those since mm-hmm. we bring it up um there's uh some some bits on like um uh proactive events that not everybody gets a chance to use but i cover that um some of the shop you know some of the original shopping stuff. So in-skill purchases is covered, but not, not n- none of the new stuff that they announced recently is in there, of course, cause that's too new, but you
0: gotta have the second edition, save something. You know, well, yeah, edition. gotta got to
1: save something for the second edition, but yeah, there's, you know, there's some stuff in there that I'm sure not everybody's had a chance to try yet. Um, but definitely uh, check it out. One of the, the things I enjoyed writing most, I got to be honest with you, it's the dumbest chapter ever, but it's also the most fun chapter ever is I have an entire chapter dedicated to SSML. And I just love SSML. It's so you can literally waste hours playing with that just to see how, what sounds you can get out of Alexa and what, what things she can say and, you know, setting her, her tone very low and setting her speed of of speech very low. She can sound like she's drunk, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's just, you can have a lot of fun with it. And I had so much fun writing that chapter, even though it's not something everybody's going to use in every skill, because you can, it's like the blink tag in HTML, It can get really annoying if you use it too much.
0: We we don't talk about the blink tag
1: anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it was a fun fun chapter.
0: So fantastic. I am, uh, you know, I'm always excited when I see you posting and the the topics that you discuss. I am looking forward to playing around with Mouse Guest uh, at some point. Um, What's the best way for people to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, probably the best way. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Habuma, H-A-B-U-M-A. Uh, similar to my handle that's on the Alexa Slack. Um, let's see. You can, I don't mind if anybody e- emails me. I'll, I may not answer, but you can, you can try. Uh, habuma at gmail.com. And um, you can also find me occasionally. Uh, well, not, not just occasionally. You can find me quite often. Uh, I speak on the No Fluff, Just Stuff Tour. Uh, all over the U S at very, it's a conference tour that stops various places. And, um, it covers, it's mostly Java based, but it co- they cover some other stuff as well. I usually speak about spring. Um, I've been trying really, really hard to get the organizer to put more Alexa content in there. And he does occasionally, but for the most part, he saves that for his destination shows. So, uh, December, of this year, progressive web experience, I am doing nothing but Alexa stuff for a whole day, maybe a day and a half. I can't remember how the schedule works. So um, if you want to see more of that, then bug them, go to the No Fluff Just Stuff website and send in an email to them saying, Craig should do a lot of Alexa talks.
0: (laughs) So fantastic. It has been great having you on. Uh, I look forward to having you on in in future shows as well. Absolutely. Any final words? Anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, not, not, nothing else. Uh, just have fun developing voice apps like like, like you should because that's, uh, that's all they are. They're just pure fun.
0: Great. Thanks very much. And uh, so thanks for joining us on Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Thanks again, Craig. Have a good one. You too.